what's up, Slashes and Survivor Girls? Welcome to a bonus edition of the Creep to Real Horror Cast. I'm your host, Meg. I'm Lunchbox. And once again, Lunchbox wants to do a list. Yeah. I have so much damn fun with them. It's like, you know what? What the hell? Let's do another one. More lists. Yeah. Like, I get, and I got lists for days. I think uh, when we were uh, coming up with this one, I was just like, oh, hey, I got like three more that I want to do. They're going to be fun. So. Right. So, yeah, all of our bonus stuff is, uh, I think we're going to just change it over to Lunchbox's list. It's going to rank to it for yeah, sure. Yeah, I like it. So. I like it. We'll <laughs> talk about that later. All right. Yeah. But, anyway, this one was inspired because we recently watched a video on the Cinemassacre YouTube channel. Um, these are the guys that brought you In Search of Darkness, the In Search of Darkness documentary, I think. Um he for Halloween they did a list of top monsters in horror and Craig thought it was a good idea to maybe do do a version of our own yeah I was like oh it's like you know what? I want to do that like I like that idea because you like lists no but it, it's like when we just got done doing our uh, top antagonist and this list that they went through with the top monsters is kind of like if you just went through a spirit Halloween store and you go, okay, you know, vampire, werewolf. It's like, it's just what right. kind of... It's the signs you see on the walls at spirit for the different categories of monster costumes. Yeah, and so these are going to be our tops for those categories. And it's not just going based off of... Uh, movies. It's going movies, books, uh, video games. Any horror media, yeah, I guess. And, and that's where it's like, I, I'm excited that we get to kind of stretch it out a little bit. It should be, yeah, I think so. Because we're so movie focused in our regular week to week podcast that being able to stretch it a little bit and venture out into other things because obviously we have other interests we're very well-rounded human beings duh like i totally read things um (laughs) hair flip (laughs) and snooty nose so sometimes i'd like to talk about the things that i read in books um so yeah so yeah we put together a bunch of monster categories and then went through and picked our favorite things out of those monster categories and the first up on deck is pretty straightforward and pretty basic, but our favorite vampires. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, would you like me to start? I mean, this is my idea, so I'd rather, you know, let, give it to you and be, be the gentleman here. No, I think because it's your idea, you have to go first. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to make you. I'm just being nice. Well, that's very thoughtful of you, but no, you do this. You go. So, my first in this list for our vampires... I went with Nomok from Blade 2. Mm. Oh, was he the one with the mouth that does yeah. the weird... Yeah. Yeah, the one who was in the hoodie. Yep. Yeah. He So, he was probably one of my favorite vampires just because Guillermo del Toro, holy bananas. Like, this guy, I absolutely loved the take on his vampire uh, just and, and just the lore. Blade is a fun uh, comic book movie in itself, and the fact that it deals with vampires and, and that horror theme, it, it's just a it's a fun 
a horror action adventure. Right. Blade himself is super fun, but I'm yeah. curious as to why you picked the villain. So, Blade 2, I picked uh, them because uh, mainly it, it's the, the concept of the vampire and just how Nomok was the uber vampire. Like, he was... He was the vampire that was going out and not only hunting humans, but vampires alike. It's like everybody was was fair game for him, and his vampires were essentially the crackheads mm-hmm. of the vamps. Like, they were so hungry for blood and going from vampire to uh, humans that they didn't care, but it's like they became so just like... Uh, I need it. Look, I need my fix. And he's just yeah, like, they were junkies. It, yeah, uh, Nomok was great because uh, I mean, it, it, it's played by a uh, Luke Goss. He's fantastic. Like he's so charming and just he's got that charisma about him. And Nomok was great because his story played off it because it was the head vampire was his father, and he ended up. Uh, was experimented on and so he had it rough yeah and and so it was it was more of a revenge story for for nomok and but at the same time he was trying to just spread and be a nuisance he was almost like the joker and if if you want to take it that yeah but he he just didn't he have it's been a long time since i've seen blade 2 but didn't he just want to he just keep turning people yeah that was kind of his demo yeah he was he was kind of it was like that that zombie mo where it's like i'm gonna go and bite you and then you become that person of a zombie and then you go and bite another person it's it's a pyramid scheme um, but, but it's vampire multi-level marketing. Yeah. So and then you tell two friends, and then you bite two friends, and then yeah. you bite two friends. But it. But the one thing that I loved about Guillermo del Toro's uh, creation is he used it for uh, the strain, and and that's what I think it yeah. was. Was I was going to ask? That was going to be my question because again, I haven't seen Blade Two in a long time. But wasn't that his? Del Toro's way of introducing the vampire concepts he had in the Strain books. Yeah, he wanted to do the Strain, and then he ended up getting Blade Two, and then that kind of fizzled out, and then it worked its way into the novel form. Yeah, and then, but the con like just the the whole predator mouth opening up, and it's got like the the weird alien tongue and the predator like the predator lips where they yeah. kind of opened like a door like oh yeah. my god they they just they looked insane they looked uh, like it was just they're just so damn good and they they felt like a massive threat and then there's the scene where uh, uh ron uh ron Pullman and um and and crew are down in the sewers and they're hunting these damn things he, did he really put ron perlman in that movie too yeah He's in all of Del Toro's movies. Yeah, he like he Almost plays. All of them. He plays this bald dude that's fucking with Blade. He's he's a vampire, and he gets a bomb attached to the back of his noggin. And if Blade feels like, oh, you're just gonna fuck with me, I'm just blowing it. I remember that now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like he's it's just too good. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, like the whole the movie is just littered with fucking just everybody. But well, you know that that version, you know that the vampires in Blade Two stuck really well because when we roll over into Blade Trinity, those vampires stuck around. 
Yeah. Including with the little fluffy Pomeranian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, so they, they took some of that DNA and just and spread it to a little tiny dog that Triple H had. So, but that was the, yeah, so Nomok is, it, it, he's definitely my, my top. So yeah. He's good. Good, 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 good. Mine is basic bitch, for sure. Um, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. You got to Hair flip, basic bitch. So basic. Like, I'm talking pumpkin spice and Ugg boots, basic. <laughs> it's Britney, bitch. For real. Uh, it's Eric Northman from True Blood. Hey! Both both the Sookie Stackhouse books and the True Blood TV show. Um, uh, I'm, 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 he's great. In both. Yeah, uh, awesome. in, in the novels, I liked him quite a lot more. More so at the beginning of the series. The series jumped the... Sh- like, the books jumped the shark shortly after like this a couple seasons into the tv show when charlene harris seemed to just stop caring um i think she was even hiring it seemed like she was hiring ghostwriters i don't know for sure if that was a true thing or not but suddenly things shifted and you could tell it was kind of a going through the motions type of deal um but eric was always one of my favorites especially early on in the book series because he just had that shit don't stink attitude. Um, and he seemed to be a constant thorn in Bill's side. And one of the things that made me like Eric quite a lot is that Bill, from what I remember of the novels, was insufferable. I could, he was <laughs> like Louie in Interview with the Vampire. I remember you telling me about, like, Ooh. we'd sit in bed and, like, you were just, like, when they're just reading, you're like, it's like, God damn it, this guy... <laughs> Just oh, Bill, Bill. Is just I'm like stop whining, <laughs> God. And in the series, of course, he's played by the hunky Alexander Skarsgård, whom we all love the big Swedish slice of man meat. And uh, he brought a lot of charm. Oh, <laughs> it's sizzling, babe. Yeah, <laughs> he he brought a ton of charm and um, likability to that role, even when he was being kind of shitty. To Bill and just needling Sookie. Um, but he he had this weird way of... He cared about Pam a lot. Um, he cared about Godric, his maker, quite a lot. So you could tell... You knew that if Eric got attached to you, he was going to be loyal forever. You knew that he would take a stake for you. Um... So he had a lot of really very positively masculine traits about him that has put him at the top of my vampire heap for sure. Um, and from what I remember of at least the books, and it's been a few years since I've read any of them because, like I said, the series jumped the shark um, a few seasons into the HBO show. In the books especially, you could tell that he very much cared about Sookie, where Bill always felt like Sookie, where he, Bill always felt like he was going to make, wanted to make Sookie his possession more than oh, anything else. Sookie, Sookie, now, yeah. But um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty. He's pretty fun. He was my favorite vampire for sure. And there's a few very close seconds because I, I'm more partial to the vampires as far as monsters go than some of the other ones. Um, but yeah, Eric Northman all the way, man. Nice. All right, so 
on to the next. We are going to... I started off calling it with the werewolf, but we're going to just move this one into the lichen. Yeah, because uh, my favorite shapeshifter is not wolfy. So <laughs> I was like, nope, we're calling it lichens because uh, it's not a werewolf for me. Yep. So who's your favorite shapeshifter? All right, so for my lichen... I actually went with the comic book on this one. So I went with a comic book movie on my for my vampires. This one I'm actually going with a comic book. And I went with Warden Baker of the Welcome to Hawksford series. Mm. So uh, Welcome to Hawksford was a comic book. <laughs> it's just a beautiful piece of artwork uh, by ben, right? ben Templesmith. Yeah. And uh, the story... I kind of wish that they would do some type of like an animated movie or just just bring it to life in some some shape or form because it is a it, it's a story that you don't really see too often uh, or, or it's never been done before. So the premise is that there is a prison in Russia that is used to house just any and all of just the worst of the worst. So your rapists and murderers, uh, you know, sex offenders, child molesters, just any and everybody that is just clearly not going to be let out of prison. It's almost like the whole prison is basically death row. Um, So... There is a um, an, uh, a prisoner who is being sent to this prison. His name is Ray Delgado. And he is the craziest son of a bitch I, you could possibly create in a, you know, just a, a, in a character. He thinks that he is a, like a form of a god. And so he's got this mindset that he can't be killed... And it's just he. It's just that it's this weird complex. Well, uh, Doctor uh, Jessica, she is, well, like he's her patient, and so when they are sending him off to this prison, she's like, "No, fuck that! Like, no, I gotta take. I gotta. Like, I was working on him, and we were making good progress. So I need to be with him. So she travels to this prison, meets with the warden, and he's like, "No, you need to leave." And just and just go. Well, out of nowhere, it turns out that all of the prisoners, like they're in their cells, and the gates open open up. All the prisoners are released, but then it turns out that the warden and all of the the officers are like the the guards. They're all werewolves. So they use this prison as hunting grounds. Yeah, and they, they so they're hunting all of these uh, rapists and child uh, you know, murderers and just uh, just everybody that no one's gonna really care if they're you know if they're missing or whatever. Right. The creatures of the night, no one's gonna miss. It's, it's so ridiculous. And but uh, Ray Delgado is great because he sees himself as a god, but then he sees the warden, uh, who's just 
formed into this massive wolf and he's not scared of it and he challenges the warden to uh to a fight and ends up killing the warden and then he becomes the leader of the the, the werewolf uh clan and uh, uh dr jessica like she's like she's like like what are you doing rain he's like i've i've been enlightened i've been you know i've i've evolved into something like this is who i am and he's and so he's taken on the whole thing of yeah no we're we're doing this like and i'm i am now the leader i'm the pack leader uh but the warden was really good just because of how sinister he was and just uh you could tell like he had that like he was very manipulative and he was also uh i guess there was this old man that was in the corner of of the warden's office he used to be the leader of the of the werewolf clan and uh the warden kind of pushed him out and you know became pack leader and you know started off on this whole journey of murdering psychopaths uh the great thing about uh welcome to hawksford that's really in, in crazy is that uh uh, that the doctor she is running around trying to survive this prison but on top of that the inmates are also after her because even though that they're being chased down by werewolves like she's having to like to survive psychopaths and rapists and it's and, and ray ends up saving her because uh he sees like again he's an enlightened uh a being at, and he just feels like he he could save her but at the end of it he's just like you're done like i'm i i'm it and i'm gonna murder you now so it's it's good stuff so sounds, right. like, sounds like he has big teeth oh my gosh like if you if you've seen any of the artwork from this thing i'll have to pull it up for you just because like when you see it it's just it gives me like the vibes of like the howling or um or like dog soldiers where it's just like the big kind of monstrous kind of gangly looking werewolves right they don't go full doggy no no they it's full dog but it's just like no but they still stand up and move like a man yes and it's it's yeah so it's kind of like uh that's what i mean they don't go full doggy yeah oh oh, okay like like in uh, like american werewolf in london Mm -hmm. where it's okay gotcha so yeah so yeah that's that's my oxford cool um, my favorite lichen is, I went to an, back to another book series, um, is Micah Callahan from the Anita Blake series. He's actually a leopard. Yeah, I haven't heard that one from you in a while. Another series that jumped the shark pretty hard. Um, fortunately it took Laurel K. Hamilton like 16 books to get to the point where it was really hard to read. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> the fact that you're like, oh, it's like. I was like, yeah, it's like I had 16 of these. I'm like, what? Why? Like, how? Yeah, it was, it was like book 16 or 17 when I was like, this is getting pretty insufferable to read because it was more like Hamilton's self-insert sexual fantasies than an actual story with a plot. Um, the Anita Blake series is cool if you've never read it because she is a detective and a necromancer. So she has her own detective agency where she runs around solving crimes and stuff like that but she has the powers to raise and talk to the dead which but is really awesome it's actually pretty cool yeah i was like necromancer powers are where it's at especially for a detective it's pretty handy to have um you know solving a murder just call the victim up and be like so what happened to you 
<laughs> but she ends up, her world is very well saturated in the supernatural. There's lichens and there's vampires and there's all sorts of creatures and things that go bump in the night. And Micah is one of my favorite lichens, um, probably my favorite, because he started out as a victim at the beginning of it. He was part of this lichen group where the leader abused him, treated him very badly, um, would force him to stay in his leopard form for entirely too long, which ended up damaging his eyesight. Um, his He has this really cool thing where he still has the leopard eyes, even when he's human. Um, they never fully, no matter how many times he shifts back and forth, they, they never fully go back to, to human at all. Um, and because leopards are naturally a little more nearsighted, he has to wear he has to wear glasses. Hmm. He wears prescription sunglasses to hide the eyes, and so that he can actually see when he's human. <laughs> but he is one of those characters that is more brains than brawn. He has to be smarter because he's a smaller guy. Um, but he's described as being a very pretty man. But there's something a little off because his leader had abused him so badly, like broken his nose several times. So it's never really quite gone back to normal. His eyes are stuck in leopard form. So they, it, everything always is just a little off kilter with him, but he has such a good heart and personality and he's such a good fit with Anita, even though it becomes such a literal clusterfuck as the stories go on where like Anita is suddenly at the center of these ridiculous group orgy gangbang things with all of her different lovers. It's, it got gross. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> there, again, there's another moment where I'm laying in bed with you and you're like, holy shit, like, read this part. I'm like, yeesh. <laughs> it gets, no. it gets real crazy when you have a bunch of, um, were creatures running the train on a very small petite woman. Uh, and vampires. Um, yeah, it was, it, it got, and like sex, the sex stuff doesn't bother me, but when it's at the expense of the actual story, it irritates me more than anything else. But Micah was the standout character in the books for me. And he has been a favorite of mine for probably the better part of the last 10 years. So yeah, um, there's a couple of, of close calls in there um, that I'm kind of just underneath that, but I'm going to go ahead and say Micah Callahan for sure. Nice. Yeah. I'll take that. I like it. Yeah. So moving on to the everyone's favorite mad scientist. Who's your mad scientist? <sighs> okay, so this one... If you take mine, I'll be so mad. <sighs> Don't take mine. Okay, so I... I was batting around my mad scientist uh, just at first I was going to pick Dr. Frankfurter but why didn't you I don't know like I didn't see him as like he was, he was a scientist he was, like, so I guess he was making a man with blonde hair and a tan <laughs> he was and he did always you know teach me how to you know, just it's like don't he, dream it be it. Right. Like, <laughs> so. Did, but the, the man with the blonde hair and tan was to help him so, relieve his tension. But then I was like, okay, well, like that one, I was like, all right, well, I'll hold that one. I was just, but, and then I got to thinking of uh, Dr. Logan from Day of the Dead. 
Dr. Frankenstein in that movie that they call them. Uh, but I didn't see him as a mad scientist. I saw him as a man that was trying to figure out the zombie... Just, he was trying to crack the zombie code. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, but I didn't see him as mad. He was uh, just using what he had in an uh, area that he had nothing in. So it's like using the body parts from the dead soldiers that just that were just recently bitten, uh, which is you know Greg Nicotero and stuff like that. And it's great seeing his head just. Uh, um, but I didn't see him as mad. My mad scientist, I'm going standard. It's it's Dr. Herbert West. You son of a bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Herbie's mine too. Herbert West, man. Like, he is the just the end all who's gonna mad belie- scientist. Who's going to believe you? You're just ahead. Get a job and a sideshow. Like, he brings this level of... Everything that I felt that Dr. Frankenstein should have been. And just because Herbert West didn't... He wasn't ashamed of at at all of what he was doing. And He was very singularly focused on whatever the job at hand was. Like, he knew that he had a mission and he was not gonna step off from that mission until he got to the end of it yeah so but it was just i love and and watching uh movies like you know uh was it like beyond reanimator and brad of the reanimator and like stuff like that like it he continued on with that and still had that mindset that what he was doing is the is the right thing and it's it's weird with in the reanimator like there's a scene where uh he he kills the cat and then tries to bring it back and then it attacks him and then he's just like sitting there laughing because it worked and it's even though he just got his butt kicked by a, a dead cat yeah it's it's good good stuff what i loved most about that role is that jeffrey combs played herbert west razor straight he this was a role that could have very easily been taken into like super silly over the top territory, but Combs played it as the straight man, which made it even funnier because he was deadly serious in everything that he did. And he took his job so seriously and he came off as such a weirdo from the second he walked on screen, your screen, you're like, that boy ain't right. Nope. So yeah, Herbert West is one of my favorites, too, because even when the shit hits the fan, he's like, you know, I could probably use this in my experiment. Yeah. How can and I make that work for me? And it was just like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, and and that's where it's... He would never admit he was wrong. And, that, and, and he was more of a Dr. Frankenstein than what I saw in... In the you know the original yeah the universal stuff just because Doctor Frankenstein like he's a great mad scientist but for the first moments and then he realizes that what he did was completely wrong and he wants nothing to do with it and disowns his creation. He played God and he felt bad about playing God, but he never you don't turn your creation loose. Yeah, he's like be gone, creature. and, And the fact that Herbert West was staring at something that he did and it's a a man 
who has lost his head and is now coming back and it's and it's talking to him telling him that oh I'm like he has like this master plan to do something like and it was just funny because he's talking to him with his hands in his pocket very nonchalant like if it was like some business partner and he's just like it's like and that that whole line you just gave it's like oh go get you know go get a job at a sideshow yeah show. it's just it's he's being snooty to a headless man. He did, but he also went and he picked it up and he put it on the receipt spike. Oh my god, that was, was the so best. Which was so funny. It tipped over. And he's like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, so, so Herbert, Herbert West, it for me is, anytime I think of mad scientist, like he, yeah. that, that is it. Like he's good. Well, since you stole it, we're okay. going to move on to zombies. Not exactly my favorite category. Well, then you take this one. I and, am going to take zombies. Okay, okay. Because you fucked me all up last time. <laughs> At least we breezed through the mad scientist bit pretty quickly because it was the same. Yeah. My favorite zombie is Jason Voorhees. Ooh, okay. Um, only for the reason being mostly is because zombies run in hordes, typically. Um, so it's very difficult to pick out, like, one zombie in particular unless you're talking about a couple of the odd standouts like Bub in Day of the Dead or... Um, the, the first zombie we see in Night of the Living Dead because he's literally the first zombie we see on screen. Which, uh, fun fact, kids, I ran into him, literally ran into him at a convention. We were uh, walking into, like, the celebrity row mm-hmm. where you do all the signings and everything like that. And I guess he was leaving, and, like, they opened, or I opened up the door, and he just, like, boop, in full makeup, too, which I was like, yeah. Oh my god! And, but he's so proper. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." It's like, "I'm sorry, young man." It's like, "You're oh, please, bite me or something." Like, I need this in my life. Like, right. come on. But he's he's great. At least so, he's very, he was very know. polite for stepping on you. Yeah. Um. But generally, zombies are supposed to be, supposed to be nameless and faceless because they just they run in herds or hordes or whatever you want to call it. There's just there's, it's a zombie mass. So it's very rare to find anything that sort of steps up. Unless you're talking about, like, Nicholas Holt's character in Warm Bodies, which somehow they turned zombies into a teen rom-com oh my, yeah, okay. movie. Uh, yeah. But uh, Jason, while the Friday the 13th movies, for me, get very cut and paste after a certain point, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people would agree, um, even though they are still pretty fun to watch, he is my favorite zombie. He keeps coming back. You, you think you kill him, but he, he ain't dead. Um, Even if he is knocked on the head or... Yeah, he just... He's been shot, blown up, thrown in a wood chipper. He's taken an an axe to the head. Um, He just... He's been hung, like strung up by the neck. He's Um, like a damn good time axe. He's he's taken psychic attacks. He's gone to space. Oh, He's gone to Manhattan. And he knocked some poor kid's head off into a dumpster, like from a rooftop. Just (laughs) blam! (laughs) Over, man overboard into the dumpster um, because Jason's fun um, you know Kane Hodder was obviously he's obviously the most famous one I don't need to tell anybody who's listening to the show already knows that so I'm like mm, I don't know why I'm explaining that even though he was in the four like worst Jason yeah movies. I don't understand that where it's like it, it, he, you, the worst received 7, 8, 9, 10 yeah. the worst received Jason movies of all he was in but he's everyone's favorite Jason I think it's because of what he the movies were were not great because the stories were just dumb. 
But Jason himself, like, Kane brought power to the role. And there was just that stance. Like, he had that very aggressive split-legged stance. And he'd do the big, big breath huff. And, like, he would move his body parts independently. Like, he would turn his head and then he would turn his body to go. It was almost, almost, like... T-800 in the first Terminator yeah. movie kind of thing where, like, he'd move his head, move his body it's kind of deal. 1,000, but, yeah. No, T-800 in the first Terminator movie. Oh, in the first? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking, like, no. T-T-2. Okay, yeah. No. But, no, but, yes, but they, they did the same thing where it's just the... Yeah, like, the parts moved kind of independently of each other. Um, and Jason's just fun. He's one of those that you definitely shouldn't be rooting for, but because the plot's were so crappy and the characters were nothings like you go to a friday the 13th movie to just see the body count yeah who's gonna die how are they gonna die and how many of them are gonna die and uh yeah he will never be put down he's one doggy that you cannot euthanize and he's just a ton of fun swinging that big ass machete around so oh, yeah jason's my favorite uh, beastie of the undead he's my favorite zombie mm. what about you um, I'm gonna let you slide on that one because I know you're not big into zombie movies what? as I am. But he is a zombie. I'm gonna let you, but I'm 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 giving you a pass because you could have really gone in and done some research. But for favorite zombies is what the, our 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 favorite monsters is the list of. I know you're not a zombie person, so again, like I said, I'm gonna give you a little pass on this one. Uh, yeah, but, I don't know whether this episode is going to be released either before or after Dead Alive, but either way, <laughs> you'll get my thoughts on that. Yeah. So, but for me, it's like I'm definitely into my just zombie movies and zombie books and zombie video games. And uh, I mean, I absolutely love the undead fuckers. Yeah, um, I remember you playing like Left for Dead or a whole bunch. Was it Left for Dead? What was the one in the mall? Uh, it was um, Dead Rising. That's the one. Yeah, I played a lot of Dead Rising. I've done, uh, I mean, a lot of like Dead Space. Uh, started doing Resident Evil, which my you know best friend Brock, he's still just bugging the shit out of me that yeah. I haven't played Resident Evil Two. That's, and... that's weird for me because I don't like zombie movies, but I love the shit out of zombie video games. Like I'll play Resident Evil all day. Yeah, uh, it was. It's the puzzles and the it's it's yeah. it's the the it's hunt. very involved. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's not just and and also too is the, the scares that you know actually come from the zombies and yeah. fucking nemesis and all that other stuff. So, uh, but uh, for me, like I was trying to go through and since I've seen so many you know, of these zombie films, it's like I was trying to pick out what like were some of my favorite zombies that were uh you know featured in the films and it's like if a, if a certain zombie was killed or uh, like in like uh dawn of the dead where you have the monk or you know something like just some of the more of the ones that like stand out and uh like there was a couple like the zombie baby in the snyder remake yeah i mean it, it, exactly <laughs> or, or the or zombie the, baby in dead alive or, or the fat woman um in, Oof, in yeah, dawn of the dead yeah, yeah. uh like she was like she was great just because it, it was just so just gross and it, you don't really see zombies like that. Like, they're all either just rotting and, and just super skinny. Um, you know, I, I thought of... Like, I was trying to think of a couple of different ones, and, like, 
one that stood out was I'm gonna give a, a, a couple before I actually give my official, but uh, you just want to talk. I do. Shut up. Let me talk. It's like you like the sound of your own voice. <laughs> I do. Just um, yak 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 yak. No, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but the uh, bicycle lady and um, the Walking Dead. She was great just because it was when Rick comes out of the coma, he has no idea what's going on. He sees, you know, the, you know, don't open it's you know, dead inside and he's like freaking out and he walks out into the street and sees the woman next to the bicycle, but she's completely, it's the first zombie that Rick sees and it's, you know, she's cut in half. Uh, she's crawling towards, like she's trying to get at Rick. But she's so weak and just withered away that she can't move and do anything, and it's it's very very heartbreaking. And even Rick, like he's like, oh, I'm sorry, for, you know, for what happened to you, and he and he shoots her in the head. And I guess the story for her is pretty nuts because uh, they do like a uh, like The Walking Dead did a, a web like backstory for her, um, telling that like how she got to that point, and it's. It's really dark. I mean, she's going through a divorce, and then she ends up in a car wreck, and then it's just, like, it gets it gets nuts. Uh, but then I also have to, to throw this one in there because um, Tar Man from <laughs> He's one of the most Return of the Living Dead. Recognizable it, yeah. zombie characters ever. Uh, he, he's, he's my pick. Because he, like, he is my pick for the the zombies just because, one, he's super iconic. Two, that's, like, the moment where you get the whole thing of zombies want brains. Like, most of the time, it's, like, in the Romero stuff, it's, like, they're just out to eat. Right. Like, it's just, it's flesh. Like, it's just, they wanted you. Um, but in The Return of the Living Dead, it was, no, they needed brains because brains help cure the pain that they feel from being dead and i don't know how that works but hey just go with it man they're zombies um, i probably would have picked him if i had actually seen the movie i have not seen okay Living Dead. tarman is great because one it's super creepy and just the just the effects that they use for this gooey zombie it's just so so damn good but i gotta give and the only reason i didn't pick this one for my all-time favorite is Bub. And that one for me is... So Bub is actually your favorite. Bub is my favorite, but it's one of those, like, it's so... It's kind of like, what's your favorite Slayer song? Rain and Blood. Great. Like, it's... Bub is, like, the end-all, be-all zombie because he's just... Like, he kind of takes that whole lore of the zombies and starts to push it in that direction. Like, they took it in with Land of the Dead where the zombies... Yeah, they're they're wanting the flesh and they're doing stuff, but they they're you know figuring out how to use things. And they you know they yeah. A- Bub was interesting because he was the first case we saw where it looked like the zombies could recover their humanity. Yeah, and uh, to one degree or another. And just that end scene with uh, with the captain getting split in, in half. Uh, that so was pretty satisfying. Bub dick. Bub comes walking out and the captain's like running running away from him and he pull and he, he's holding a gun and he points the gun shoots the captain and, and like he just kind of falls forward opens the door and there's a horde of zombies in front of him and then 
as the captain's getting like ripped up, oh, like the shreds, he's like, choke on it, choke on it. Like that's oh. right. I was gonna say. I was like, didn't Bub learn to talk? No, no. Bub or, didn't. Bub didn't talk. Oh, it was the captain that was screaming that. Yeah, the captain was screaming, choke on it, and because the zombies were eating his guts. And but as the camera flips back to Bub. And Bub gives a salute. And so every, anytime I see Bub on screen... The Bub salute. You have to salute. Like, I really it's, it's out like, of respect. I, the scene where I'm he such gets... such a nerd. The scene where he gets the Walkman <laughs> is cute. Yes. The Walkman's really... Because he's like, oh. Yeah, and, and that's oh. the thing is, like, with with, uh, with Dr. Logan, when he's like, he's like, how you doing, Bub? Like, he's treating him, at, like, as a, as a person. He's like, he's like, oh, we're going to do this today. He's like, and he puts it in front of him and walks away and just sees what happens and it's like he's figuring out how to use things or he's like trying to shave and he's like cutting off his own skin because it's just rotting off and uh and then yeah when he plays the the music he's just like oh yeah it's like that's how i listen to the like death metal oh that excitement great this is beautiful (laughs) i love it like yeah so bub is my end all be all but it's like that would be like super typical. So Tarman is uh He's bad, but Tarman's technically your runner up. Tar yeah, I just like, Just admit it. Just say Bub's your favorite zombie. Bub's my favorite zombie all and all, Who cares? all. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm just trying not to be like super typical, but I no. have to but I have to so, But if it's your favorite, it's your favorite. Yeah, Who I, cares? I have to, I have to give it. Alright, so on to ghosts. Oh boy. <laughs> um This one was a tough one because I've seen a lot of really good ghost movies. I've also seen a lot of really shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like there's no middle ground. They go either way. Either ghost, like ghost and haunted house movies are either amazing or they're the worst piece of crap you've oh, ever man, seen. Oh, man, there was one that we saw. We were watching the, um, the In Search of Darkness. and the, I forget what the movie is called, but it deals with a man who's passed away. And they, he's going around and he's like like messing with people not messing with people but he's like helping them out and he's just like so if somebody's in trouble he's like going and and using his ghost abilities to right to save them but they put him in the fucking sheet with the black eyes over the thing like so it's your typical like Right. really shitty Halloween costume but it's but he's uh, played as a ghost I was like I love stuff like that, that that's yeah great. my favorite ghost is Casper all right. No, I'm cool. kidding. It's not Casper. Oh man. I do love Casper though. That's but it's not. I, I love his brothers more. But the brothers are funny. But either way, whether you're talking about the comics, the show, or the movies, it's not horror. It's actually very like uplifting. It's like Charlie Brown, but he's dead. Um, oh man, what if he is Charlie Brown and he died? Ooh, I just blew my own mind. <laughs> Whoa, because he had the big bulbous head and he's just like, oh man. And he's very friendly, and you know. we we saw a picture uh, today. It was um, someone did a, a cartoon of it was the Grinch and Max that were like they were like laid down smiling, and then there like the next picture was that uh, like it was a cycle and it was them rotting, and then at the last picture it showed them and it was Jack Skellington and Zero. I was like, oh my god, that would be awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> But really, my favorite ghost is Mary Shaw from Dead Silence. Love it. Um, beautiful pick. Yeah. Um, man, I don't think Dead Silence gets the credit it deserves for being as good of a movie as it really is. It was. It came right on the heels of Saw. It was James Wan's dealie. Um, 
at the time, this was just before True Blood, so, like, Ryan Quantin didn't quite have a name in the States yet, but Mary Shaw was legitimately a scary creature to behold. First of all, in life, she played with ventriloquist dummies, and Billy is scary as fuck. <laughs> Billy, yeah, Billy on his own is... Billy is, was creepy. Yeah. Um, but Mary Shaw, like, she was one of those people who, in life, was just an oddball, and she wanted to perform. She loved performing with her dummies, but she was a spinster, and she didn't have children, and then she died. Well, because she was treated so badly in life, and her death was very, um, traumatic, she stuck around and well, the, haunted the, this family. Well, no, but that, no, the thing was, is that they, uh, during one of her shows, there was a, a shitty redheaded Yeah, the little kid. kid who's like, I saw your lips move. Yeah, and like, so she was just like, oh, like, it kind of, in a way, ruined her career because... Yeah. As a ventriloquist, it's like okay. Once you see them move their lips, you're like, oh nope, fuck it. Like it's like, oh, you're not that good. And it's yeah, I, you yeah. know what? I don't care. I've seen Jeff Dunham's lips move occasionally, and it really doesn't fucking matter. It's still fine. Yeah, it's he's still good. He's still great. Uh, but um, yeah. but yeah, she because of that shitty little boy ruining her stage career, she haunted the family, and she would pop out of the shadows, and she had this really cool. The dark sort of corpse makeup, like you would think of in a black metal band. Oh my almost. god, so goddamn um, good! But you know, she's lurking in the shadows and popping out of closets and corners. And yes, it's a movie full of jump scares, but she's creepy and she's scary. And she gets her, she gets her ending at the end of it because she does. If I remember correctly, she does get, she does accomplish her mission of taking yeah. out that whole family, and. Um, but yeah, just everything about her, just even thinking about her face, like you see, you'll see, um, even on the internet, you see screenshots of just her face popping out of the shadows. It's like, bleh. Yeah, like I, that face along with, dreams. with like, with Reagan and, uh, you know, like the woman in black, like they, they really, I have such a hard time with ghost movies they're some of my favorites to watch because I absolutely love ghost and lore. Yeah, and but paranormal. they're one of the only things that actually makes your skin crawl. Yeah, like I am, I am actually terrified of ghost like movies. I had moments where after watching Dead Silence, where I was just about to go to bed and I you know watched a little bit of YouTube to to mellow out or whatever it is, and then like I'm laying in bed and I'm like, if I open my eyes. That fucking face is going to be right in front of me. Yeah. And then I go, I'm not going to fucking open my eyes. I'm not going to deal with it. Like, And I'm like psyching myself out. I'm like, I am a grown man with children. And, I'm like, and you're doing this shit. I'm doing this shit. It's like, I can't do it. In, in the Dead Silence, uh, Universal had their Dead Silence house. This was years and years, oh years ago. Oh my God, so good. This was probably like 10 or 12 years ago. They had a Dead Silence house. It was one of the best ones I've ever been through. It, it was actually, it didn't scare me as much as I was really fascinated looking at all of the stuff around walking through some of the rooms and it was it was really cool um, yeah i just i liked where they had her well like all the characters they were like floating and so they were on these like pulley systems and it was really really well done yeah um, and it's like they were she'd be like up over a doorway or she'd be kind of off behind some curtains just 
typical haunted house shit, but yeah. it was definitely one of the more fun haunted houses I've been through. I'm not a super big fan of haunted houses because I'm a control freak, but um, yeah, that one was that one was a lot of fun to go through. I actually very much enjoyed that one. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm on that that train with you on ghosts that one. for um, you. So as I mentioned, ghosts are like my my go tos. Um, I thought of you know like woman in black. Uh, she scared the shit out of me, but. I'm going to go with my favorite, Johnny Bartlett from The Frighteners. So Michael J. Fox's character, right? No. Michael J. Fox was... Uh, oh, he was the... The, the, psych, he was, yeah, the he psychiatrist. Was or he was the, the... He was the man that was uh, uh, claiming to be a psychic, and but it turned out that he went through a traumatic experience, and now he can actually see ghosts. And the ghosts are... Like, he's got two ghost buddies that are going around the town and they were like tell him they you know tell him weird shit so it was kind of like a con artist um type of thing but uh johnny bartlett was uh the the evil ghost that was going around the town uh dressed as the grim reaper i haven't seen it in a very long time okay oh my god like i really want to watch this movie again didn't peter jackson do that movie too i believe he did uh i don't know if you have it pulled up i might be wrong yeah well, let me i'll pull up um but yeah like but but he ended up uh let me see yeah it was peter jackson peter director. jackson yep so uh but yeah it was also played by uh jake Busey, who he's just got that Busey look and it's he's just so damn good. There's literally no other way to describe it. He looks like a Busey. It, it's a Busey, like it's that's great. But uh, he was a great serial killer because it was him and uh, uh, it was Patricia Bradley that was played by Dee Wallace uh, in the later, like as as an older as an older woman, and they were great because the whole premise was that. Uh, uh, Johnny was an orderly at this hospital, uh, it was like a psychiatric hospital, and he got this idea that he wanted to be a serial killer, and he wa- like, and his goal was to get more than the last guy. Mm. Um, so it was back in like the fifties or something like that, uh, where he goes and he takes a shotgun and he's blasting away at people in this in this hospital and patricia his girlfriend at the time had a psycho hair across her ass too and decided that yeah what he's doing is a great idea and so she would walk around to all of his kills and make markings on their forehead uh, like she would number them and, oh. and so they would walk around and so i think in the 50s they got 12 but then he ended up getting the electric chair and saying, I'm going to come back and then turned around where uh, it was like, I think it was like, I, I, I forget, how, like 27 years later or something like that. He ends up, uh, a, a new slew of, of murders are happening. People are just dropping dead or they got brain aneurysms or like squid, like their hearts and uh, organs are crushed. Um, and then, uh, but Frank, the, uh, Michael J. Fox's character, he's walking around the town and he can see these glowing numbers on people's foreheads. And it turns out where it's like the, the grim reaper is coming and, you know, killing people, but it turns out it's just Johnny and a grim reaper, Mm. uh, cloak 
pretending. And and so, but he's got this great line where he's like, he's like, got me a score of 40. And he's just like, it's more than Dahmer. And it's just like, he's <laughs> like, more than Gacy. And it's like, he's like, so even in death, he's comparing himself. Yeah, he's still keeping score. Yeah, and, and that is, is really, really awesome. And then like uh, Patricia, she's great too because uh, you could see where she has that ability to give you that really innocence and just I'm the, I'm a victim and I'm like please like you gotta like like you gotta help me and it's like uh, like and she's like oh the ghost of Johnny's back and then she's like yeah like let's go kill him and then she's like running around D Wallace like screaming with a shotgun like trying to blow people's heads off and uh, and and our boy uh, Combs is in it too and he his yeah, character. He's great as the the fucking weird detective that's got like the the, the crazy quirks, but and he gets his head blown off, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, like so he's I love that that character and and Jake Busey is uh, <laughs> is a fun one. Just once he actually comes, like when he sh- reveals himself as as that character, it's it's one of those like damn, I want to see like more of that. Like they need to bring him back and do yeah. like some type of like uh, another series of no it was, you know. but uh the following i think it was the following year after this he was in starship troopers so. yeah so oh yeah but i mean so that, that's my that's my ghost all right and with that one we're gonna wrap this up as the end of part one um we have several more categories to go so we hope you go and you will join us for a part two coming up here shortly where we cover such subject matter as demons and witches and scary kids Everyone loves scary kids, right? Oh, yeah. So, as always, um, like, share, subscribe. Always subscribe um, if you haven't done it already. And we will drop in your favorite podcatcher every Tuesday. Um, if you would like to participate a little bit more, you can email us at creepitreal.cm at gmail.com. And um, that's the way to hit us up if you maybe have movie suggestions or if you're looking for someone. Uh, a spon- like, we're always looking for sponsorship opportunities. So, if you'd like to reach out and do that. We'll be happy to discuss those options. Um, get us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at Creepin' It Real, R-E-E-L as in Movie Real. Yeah. And, and I mean, please, and I love chatting about shit like this. So, I mean, I want to, you know, chat it up with you guys. Right, so, so if you yeah. like lists, you already know Lunchbox likes lists. Yeah, let me know what your favorites are. And it's like, was some of mine weird or did do you agree with me? Let me know. Right. I'll, I'll chat it up with you. For sure. And um, just a reminder, Christmas is just around the corner. So jump on our Redbubble page, creepinitreal.redbubble.com. For all of your spooky merch needs, all of our designs are unique, one-of-a-kind creations done by Mr. Lunchbox over here. Because he does all the damn work. I do. I edit. I, I edit your show. I edit your other the other show, the Wrestle Ramble on. Like, so, I mean. <laughs> right. So he's, he, he's editor, producer, designer, uh, the episode dropper, he, I, the, I just, I do the schedules and pick the topics. He does the worst part of it. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. I do the description. <laughs> All right. So with you that. You do the description. That's about it. I do the descriptions. And sometimes I need reminding because, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> cause that's just how I roll, I guess. Anyway, join us, um, for our next full episode next week. And uh, we will pick up part two coming up here shortly. But until then, I've been Meg. I've been Lunchbox. And I don't have a clever way to end this episode.